It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Organisers of the June 4th vigil challenge officials over the timing of their decision to question their licences. The Equal Opportunities Commission warns firms not to take away benefits from staff members who haven't been vaccinated. And the chairman of the Bar Association's Legal Aid Reform Standing Committee rejects criticism of the system. Organisers of the June 4th candlelight vigil have accused authorities of selective enforcement after officials alleged their museum didn't have the required licences. Timmy Sung reports. A core member of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China said it was the 10th time they had staged the exhibition, and authorities had never checked the museum's license in the past decade. McCoy Wah told an RTHK radio program that they were still seeking legal advice on a licensing matter. The museum had opened on Sunday, but organizers closed it yesterday, a day after officials from the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department visited the premises in Hong Kong. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong said it was prudent for them to close the museum and clarify the legal issues. He also said turning the museum into a private club would not be able to bypass the laws. Political commentator Chung Kim Wai says the official use of simplified characters in Hong Kong since the handover is nothing new. But he says a suggestion from the Ministry of Education to grant legal status to simplified characters in the SAR raises questions of what would happen to the status of traditional characters. The suggestions were made in a report about the language situation in the Greater Bay Area. Mr Chung described the comments as a test and questioned if it meant the legal status of traditional characters would be cancelled. Soon after the handover, simplified characters had been recognised by the government and simplified characters are a version of official documents have been issued since then. So it's one of the new things for Hong Kong. But of course, the suggestion of Beijing is a test already. Because he's saying that they want to have a new status. It means that the traditional Chinese character would be cancelled or would be power unlegal in Hong Kong soon. This is another issue. The Equality Watchdog has warned companies against removing some benefits for employees if they don't get a COVID vaccination. Frederick Chu from the Equal Opportunities Commission says it's reasonable for companies to offer rewards for jabs to prevent the spread of the virus in the workplace. But he says taking away benefits such as pay increments could lead to disputes. Mr Chu told an RTHK radio program that employers should give room to people such as the disabled or pregnant women to apply for an exemption from a jab. Yesterday, the Hong Kong Football Club warned staff they wouldn't receive pay rises, bonuses or a promotion if they weren't inoculated. Property developers donating a flat to boost the inoculation rate here say people can sign up for the lucky draw from June 15th. In a statement, Sino Group's Charitable Foundation and Chinese Estates Holdings said permanent residents aged 18 or above need to receive both doses of COVID vaccine here on or before September the 1st to win the prize. They added that the stamp duty registration and legal fees for the $11 million one-bedroom flat in Kwantong will be paid for as well. Barrister Jeffrey Tam has dismissed as unfair criticism complaints from pro-Beijing figures about legal aid being used for anti-government protesters and so-called yellow lawyers who support the movement. He told RTHK there were checks and balances to ensure lawyers met minimum experience requirements and had a limit on the number of legal aid cases they could take on. Mr Tam is chairman of the Bar Association's Legal Aid Reform Standing Committee. There are 
minimum experience requirement for counsel and solicitors. So it's not really just Yale lawyers can get legal aid. And there are limits on the number of legal aid assignments that one can get for criminal cases. It's 25 cases within the past 12 months. So there is already an inbuilt system to ensure that not just a particular Yellow lawyers or a particular part of centre of lawyers that can get legal aid assignments. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam yesterday warned against politicising the legal aid system after DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quatt raised the issue in LegCo. A former assistant director of the observatory says light winds, less rain and global warming are to blame for last month's hot weather. The observatory has confirmed it was the hottest May on record, with a mean temperature around three degrees higher than normal and rainfall a fifth of the usual levels. Former director Leung Wing Mo urged people to invest in energy-efficient technology and live what he called a more thrifty life. Whenever we want to buy something, we think about that. Is, is it really necessary? Because in this day and age where web purchasing is so very common, then all of us are tempted to buy something that is not really useful. And buying something that is not really useful, you are generating a lot more carbon dioxide. A fire that burned for about 15 hours on a barge in the waters off Qingyi was finally put out just before 8.30 this morning. The fire, service, sorry, the fire services department had earlier warned residents in West Kowloon to close their doors and windows after acrid smoke from the vessel was blown in their direction. The barge was carrying scrap metal and two fireboats were dispatched to the scene. No casualties were reported. Ms Chan, who lives in Shamshui Post, says the smell was gone by this morning but she remembered a strong smell of burning plastic from last night. I live in Zemshui Po near the Dragon Center. So the smell had lasted for a few hours, from around 6-something to 10-something. And at around 10-something, I started turning on the air conditioner. But still, I could smell burning plastic. Initially, I thought some road workers were adding paraffin oil to the road or something. But the smell of burning plastic was actually similar to that. Overseas in the United Nations Children Agency, UNICEF is urging the world's richest countries to donate a fifth of their COVID vaccines to 18 African nations who are running out of supplies. Vaccine manufacturers have been unable to keep up with demand. Here's the BBC's Tulip Mazumda. The shortfall is primarily down to the crisis in India, which has resulted in doses from the main supplier, the Serum Institute, being diverted for use domestically. UNICEF wants G7 countries, together with the EU, to donate 20% of their vaccine doses in June, July and August to help plug the gap. This week, many rich nations promised another $2.4 billion to help get vaccines into poorer countries. But with manufacturers unable to keep up with demand and a few wealthy countries hoarding so many of the currently available doses, it's the world's poorest who remain last in line to be vaccinated. After days of frantic negotiations in Israel, a coalition of opposition parties has been formed to oust the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. If it wins support in the Knesset, a new government would be led for the next two years by Naftali Bennett, a hardline former settler. He would then be succeeded by the centrist Yair Lipid. Here's the BBC's Yolanda Nell. Israel does look set for a dramatic change, with Benjamin Netanyahu, the man who's dominated its political scene and foreign relations for over a decade, pushed into opposition. What's being called the government for change will be made up of parties from the liberal left to the hard right. It will include, for the first time ever in Israeli politics, some Arab lawmakers. 
but it will have a razor-thin majority, just 61 out of 120 seats. And there is still some coalition agreements to be finalised. They'll have to be presented to Parliament before it votes on the new government next week at the earliest. The World Health Organization says there are staggering health needs in the occupied Palestinian territories following the recent conflict between Israel and the Hamas militant group. In a statement, it said it was scaling up efforts to help nearly 200,000 people. The U.S. space agency NASA has announced two new missions to Venus aimed at understanding why Earth's nearest neighbor became a fiery hellscape while our own planet thrived. The agency's administrator is Bill Nelson. Congratulations to the teams behind NASA's two planetary science missions, Veritas Truth and Da Vinci Plus. These two sister missions both aim to understand how Venus became an inferno-like world capable of melting lead at the surface. They will offer the entire science community the chance to investigate a planet We haven't been to in more than 30 years. A novel about Senegalese troops fighting for France in the First World War has won this year's International Booker Prize for Literature. The book at night, All Blood is Black, was written by a French writer. Here's the BBC's Vincent Dowd. David Diop is Professor of Literature at the University of Pau in southwest France. At Night, All Blood is Black is his second novel, and it received excellent reviews when it came out in French. The international booker is split each year between the author and the book's translator into English, in this case, Anna Moskovakis. Diop has written about Alpha, a young Senegalese soldier on the Western Front in World War I. After his friend is killed, Alpha descends into a form of insanity. Finance now. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 29,166. That's 130 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.65 yen. The euro is 1 US dollar, 22 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 98 cents. Sports and the president of Tokyo 2020 says she's 100% certain the Olympics will go ahead next month. It's already been decided that no overseas fans or the family and friends of athletes can attend, but Saiki Hashimoto said organisers must be prepared to ban domestic fans too if the situation worsens in the Japanese capital. Here's the BBC's Laura Scott. With 50 days to go until the Olympics begin, the most important figure in the organising committee, Seiko Hashimoto, has made her confidence in the Games clear. In an exclusive interview, she said as complete a bubble as possible would be put around athletes and stakeholders. A decision is yet to be taken on whether Japanese spectators will be able to attend, but she said if there was an outbreak of coronavirus which amounted to an emergency situation, the game should go ahead in empty venues. The organising committee of the Tokyo Olympics says 10,000 volunteers have already pulled out over coronavirus infection concerns. Qualifying for the 2022 Football World Cup in Qatar resumes for Hong Kong tonight. The SAR squad are in the Middle East, getting ready to kick off against Iran. Adam Chung has a preview. 
The Hong Kong coach Mixu Patalainen said he believes the players will take their never-say-die attitude into tonight's match against Iran. Hong Kong are fourth in their group with one win in five games for five points. The chance of reaching the next round is slim, but tonight's game and the rest of the remaining qualifiers could be quite entertaining. Hong Kong played well in this tournament before the schedule was wrecked by COVID. Goalkeeper Yip Hong Fai said he respects the skill level of tonight's opponents, but he also has a lot of confidence in his teammates. Iran entered the contest third in their group. The top two will progress to the next round. Iraq currently top the table ahead of Bahrain, the country that's hosting the remaining qualifiers in the group. Tonight's game kicks off at 10.30 Hong Kong time. Elsewhere in football, England scored a 1-0 friendly win over Austria in preparation for Euro 2020. Arsenal's Bukayo Saka got the goal, his first for England. Probably the biggest moment of my career so far. You know, I would say the biggest moment of my career was getting called up for England the first time, and now to score a goal, you know, it sounds nice and it's a, an amazing feeling for me. You do dream of it as a kid, you know, scoring for your country, you know, coming through the, the age groups, you know, under 13s, under 14s, 15, 16 of England and your club, you know, and to now do it here and score for the, for the seniors, you know, it's an amazing feeling, and I hope I can have this feeling many more times. Questions were raised about England's fitness when the Liverpool defender Trent Alexander-Arnold came off injured near the end of the match. No player came on to replace him. Here's the England boss, Gareth Southgate. Trent is obviously not a good situation that he's had to walk off the pitch um, and uh, in, in some good discomfort. We'll, we'll know the details over the next 24, 48 hours, really. Um, and, and what is the injury? Um, it looks like it's uh, thigh. In terms of the full extent, we don't know yet. In other friendlies, France defeated Wales 3-0. Germany and Denmark finished one all. Scotland stunned the Netherlands, holding them to a two-all draw. Next to tennis, Serena Williams battled through a tough match to reach the third round at the French Open. The 39-year-old seeded seventh at Roland Garros needed three sets to beat Romania's Mihaila Bozanascu, 6-3, 5-7, That's it up a meeting with fellow American Danielle Collins. William faced her in Australia in February. She plays well, um, especially when it's time to play, which is, I guess, all the time. But um, and she's also a really awesome person off the court, so... I um, love seeing her in the locker room, and ideally it would be great if we, you know, didn't have to play each other, but, you know, because I always wanted to do super well. Russia's Daria Kazatkina declared, delivered a surprise by knocking out the Swiss 10th seed Belinda Bencic. 2019 runner-up Marketa Vondrasova is also through to the third round, along with third seed Arena Sabalenka and Victoria Azarenka in the men's draw. Sixth seed Alexander Zverev has made the third round for the fourth year in a row. There were also wins for Daniel, Daniel Medvedev and Stefanos Tsitsipas. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Uh, Organisers of the June 4th vigil challenge officials over the timing of their decision to question their museum licences. The Equal Opportunities Commission warns firms not to take away benefits from staff members who haven't been vaccinated. And the chairman of the Bar Association's Legal Aid Reform Standing Committee rejects criticism of the system. The news from RTHK.